0: Hi guys, it's me, Bridget.
1: I'm Seamus.
0: We're here with Miracle Canine, and we're gonna give you some do's and don'ts about owning a dog.
1: Here we go. Do's and don'ts of new owners. Kind of what I was thinking, one big don't is the over-affection. It's it's not the fact of you just showing your dog that you care about it, Mm. it's letting them constantly come up to you and use you as kind of that like comfort zone that safe zone where they start to kind of lose themselves Mm -hmm. I feel like a little bit as they get older um also kind of I feel like resorts to a lot of kind of the resource guarding of the owner Mm -hmm. as well where they just like find that affection such as such a necessity Mm -hmm. you know um so it's not that you can't like your dog or show your dog that you like it. It's overdoing it at a young age and not kind of yeah. letting up a little bit, you know?
0: Having them become reliant on your constant like affection mm-hmm. and comforting them through situations. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with giving affection, but we have to realize that affection is more for us than it is for our dogs. That's not their love language. Right. Um, some dogs love being pet. And I'm not saying don't pet your dog or don't kiss your dog, mm-hmm. but being yeah, we weary.
1: Both do that. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, yeah, it's not that I'm saying that. Yeah, but it's it, it can there is a line of sure. crossing that.
0: Yeah, road. like a lot of yeah. holding. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed a lot of people hold their dogs when they're at the vet or have them on their laps a lot, and we're mm-hmm. never allowing the dogs to have uh, association being independent. Right. And although we could be there as support. When we're in stressful situations, introducing them to new people, yep. new things. I don't want to sit there and coddle my dog and make myself like their safety blanket. Exactly. I want to start harboring that independence so dogs can feel like they can explore things on their own without exactly. like constant need of like touching or right. giving treats. Or, and that builds their
1: confidence going into training and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be something that if they, if they are so dependent on you, it's hard for them to get that confidence back yeah. a little bit. But if they already have a sense of independence mm-hmm. and everything, then it's so much easier for them to kind of grow a little bit faster through that training, I think. Yeah. Um, it's another, it's, a, it's a, something they should do.
0: I think you should definitely get your dog used to the crate, no yes. matter if you've had, you're <laughs> bringing a puppy into your house or you've had your dog for several years. The crate is my absolute go-to, must-have. Um, despite people feeling a little bit guilty about confining their dogs, it's an excellent way to teach your dog independence um, and have them just learn to relax in some situations. It gives the owner a little bit of a break from mm-hmm. the dog if you're having one of those days and you just kind of need to separate from your dog.
1: Yeah. And I get it's, I, I get that it's hard for owners to do that because, again, it's it's... The same thing with nail trims and mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, grooming in general, whatever. It's the dog tries these things to get out of first or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if they're a puppy or whatever, they're not used to the crate, you know, it's, it's something that they have to get used to as well, right? And so wow. it's something that if we can teach them,
0: mm-hmm. again, not
1: run to their aid at every noise mm-hmm. and whine that they do... You know, again, teach them that independence, that it's okay to be alone for mm-hmm. a second. You know, it's okay to be in that crate and kind of calm down. Um, I think it goes a long way um, if you do that, you know, sooner than later because, yes, then they're going to gain that kind of dependence on you a little bit. Um, creates the so- separation in the
0: house yes. a bit and then it aids in potty training. So when we're yes. really trying to get in the nitty gritty of why are dogs messing in our house, the crate delivers us a place to put them where they're not able to free roam and do that pooping, peeing, marking, things like that. And mm-hmm. to your point, you're right, that crate training is hard. It, it can be really hard. Some do- dogs transition very easily yeah. and other dogs have anxiety associated with being confined or away from their owners. And it's hard to work through. It's not mm-hmm. beautiful, I remember, When I first got Pip, the screaming in the crate was intense. (laughs) It was a lot, yeah. And I wasn't uh, utilizing an e-caller for that quite yet because she was so little. So it was just a lot of accepting that she's gonna scream. And Mm -hmm. then when she was quiet, she got to come out.
1: Yep. And again, just teaching her that, that that's the switch that you need. That's the attitude Mm -hmm. that you get to come out, you know, instead of just screaming and whining and crying and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. yes, it's definitely hard. Um, but it's so beneficial in the end, you know, especially if you're not training your dog or something like that, just in general, Mm -hmm. it's something that you don't have to constantly be wondering where your dog's at all the time. Is it getting into something, you know, is it tearing something up or whatever? Um, going to the bathroom in the Mm -hmm. house, you know, it's something where you, you know, they're there, right? You know that they're safe. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a really good benefit to have, uh, when you get a new dog,
0: um, yeah.
1: I think, I think another one that I feel like most people do but uh, is the scheduled feeding. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important as opposed to you know, free feeding. Um, Ties into
0: potty training as well. Yep,
1: especially in terms of if you are going to do some training with your dog and stuff. That motivating food drive is so important mm-hmm. for that positive reinforcement and everything. Um, and just in general, I think just health-wise, it's, yeah. it's beneficial um, than that free feeding.
0: I love scheduled food times because we can better like predict when our dog's poop schedule is. So mm-hmm. how soon after they eat do they generally have a bowel movement? And being more conscientious of those things helps us have a dog that is more staple in the crate, uh, having less accidents. And like you said, like one of my favorite things in the world is working a dog with food drive. Mm-hmm. It's unmatched what you can accomplish with food alone. Um, not to say that we can't accomplish things with uh, balance tools either, but food is so fun. It, delivers an excellent relationship between you and your dog.
1: And obviously if we can rely on that more so, then that's mm-hmm. what we'd want to do. So, yeah. but if you don't have that food drive in the first place, it's it's a lot harder to mm-hmm. want to weigh heavier on that side than the, the balance yeah. you know, instruments and stuff.
0: So scheduling feeding, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: checking with like your dog's weight and how much they generally will need. Um, the bag, never trust the bag. It yeah. will always never say overfeed. Right. Uh, your vet will tend to tell you to overfeed as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding the balance that works for your dog specifically, what their metabolism's like. Yep. Um, Hand-feeding meals at least a couple times a week is a great way, again, to harness yeah. that food drive and just have fun. Maybe do some tricks with your puppy or your dog.
1: Yeah, I agree. What about some don'ts?
0: A don't. Mm-hmm. A don't is don't over-socialize. Oh, yes. So. When we get a puppy or a new dog, our mindset is generally like, I want to take this dog out and have it experience everything all at once, all the time. And that can tend to turn the needle in the other direction if we're creating a dog that constantly needs stimulated by its environment. Mm -hmm. Other people, strangers, other dogs, it's counterproductive when we do it too much. Yeah. So.
1: Yep. And doing it in like, yeah. A reasonable time frame as well as well as a, a reasonable mm-hmm. place to do it you know there's it's always a right and wrong place to kind of be able to socialize them you know yeah um, I think it's,
0: it's definitely tempting to like when you're walking your dog and it's a let's say if you get a cute little puppy mm-hmm. everybody and their mother is gonna come up mm-hmm. and be like can I pet that dog can I pet that dog and it's not wrong to completely wrong for yeah. allow like one or two strangers to come up but I really want to limit how many strangers are approaching my dog, right. just because I don't want them to start to not believe in my ability to advocate for them. Mm-hmm. If they're having a rough day, um, if they're just not feeling a person, I don't want to inhibit their ability to meet new people, but I don't want to do it in a way that it's being forced upon them constantly,
1: Yeah,
0: if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it can lead to heightened anxiety to, you know, aggression. But also in the same sense of, you know, if they're, if you're allowing everyone to come up to them, right, and and they're getting all this attention stuff, then what starts to happen is anytime the dog sees a person, Mm -hmm. what do they want to do? They want to immediately run to that person because they know that they always can. And so that's where you get pulling on the leash, jumping Mm -hmm. on random strangers and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, it might be cute, When they're a puppy but if they grow up and they're a lot bigger you know then they knock someone over and they knock a kid over at that point so it's best to yeah definitely just kind of limit that socialization socialization
0: jeff gelman from solid canine always says it's cute until it's not cute Mm -hmm. it's cute when they're puppies it's cute when they're little and they're you're like oh my god he's so cute Then they reach like 30 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, some cases bigger dogs, hundreds. And it's not so cute when that puppy is barreling into you. It's not so cute when they get excited and jump on you. And it begins to hurt and begins to become a problem. Mm
1: -hmm. Especially if you're not a huge fan of dogs, Mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of people, a lot of people aren't. So it's something where if they go over to someone's house and they have to worry about their Mm -hmm. dog constantly getting in their face or jumping on them, you know, it can be a problem.
0: Yeah. It's also good to note like dog-to-dog socialization, mm-hmm. making it sure it's really healthy in the beginning there. I do advocate for getting your dogs around other dogs, playing with new dogs, but only if I trust the owner and the owner's not a stranger to me. So I yes. know that the dog I'm allowing my dog to socialize with has its vaccines, mm-hmm. is just generally pretty stable where the owner and I have a good plan, like, hey, let's let our dogs have a play date. Um We'll see how this goes and we'll step in as necessary. Yep. But sometimes if we do too much socialization, like taking your puppy to daycare every day, that can be quite overwhelming for them and they don't get a break from other dogs. Right. And we can start to see a little bit of that aggression or reactivity when they feel overstimulated or overwhelmed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get a little worked up. Um, that's another one.
0: Say like, do start with your nail trims. Your brushing, yes. your handling. Yes. Um, handle your puppy as much as possible, or your dog. Start to get their nails trimmed. i mm-hmm. say uh, once a week.
1: Yep. You or may at not least, cut a lot or at off. least just mess with them. You yeah. Know, at least desensitize them to the feeling of you grabbing them, of you kind of messing mm-hmm. with the nails and stuff like that. So whether you use the the Dremel, obviously that's what we use, or like the clippers or whatever, you know. Um, it's going to be something where they're already comfortable with you holding them. You yeah, know, I think that goes such a far way with dogs that we see here mm-hmm. that either are kind of you know an issue or the ones that are really struggling. Yeah, a lot of times it even starts with just holding the dog's paw. Yeah. You know? so starting that as soon as possible is yeah. Getting
0: and and I
1: always, rec- I always recommend you know if if it's a problem if it's you know even just holding the dog. Get a muzzle, mm-hmm. you know? it's There's nothing wrong with safety, you know? Um, it's something that you're gonna have it on for just a few minutes so you can work mm-hmm. through that. Let them know that it's gonna be okay, and then you pop the muzzle off. You know? Yeah,
0: if you're dealing with biting issues, you're yeah. going to have to stop if your dog bites you. Yeah. And then what does that show the dog that biting works that to wins. stop the handling? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredibly important that if you do have those issues like again there's nothing wrong with utilizing a muzzle and presenting kind of the situation that a vet would so they're feeling the dog they're touching the dog they're poking the dog Mm -hmm. and we want our dogs to not have an extreme stress response not that we're expecting them to be like frick yes i get to get my (laughs) nails on i get to get shots at the vet but they need to learn to tolerate some things in life just as humans we have to tolerate some things in life that mm-hmm. are hard or that we don't want to do.
1: Right, yeah, So, and that bigs up a good point. So even if you're not the one mm-hmm. trimming their nails or whatever, grooming them and stuff, you taking the initiative to get them desensitized and working mm-hmm. them through that when it is like game time when they are presented with those situations of the vet, of the groomer or whatever, they are, they are already more comfortable with yeah. it, right? Um, so yeah, that, that, is, that is a really good one to, to do for new owners.
0: Yeah, there's a million ways to raise a puppy. Yes. There's a million ways to raise a dog, mm-hmm. and we we want to see our dog be stable in their environment, confident in who they are, confident being alone, um, and getting them in new situations and environments. So handling is definitely one. Mm-hmm. Um, our crate, like we said, is just for me. That's a make or break. I love using being able to utilize the crate.
1: Yeah. It is such an important tool. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and then socializing, doing it appropriately, not doing it too mm-hmm. much or, you know, too often. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any other big ones that we're missing.
0: There probably are. Yeah. <laughs> like probably. there, there's so many things to think about when you raise your puppy, but um, yeah. just have a fun time with it too. Don't don't get into the weeds of like my dog ha- at the six month mark has to learn how to sit in bed and recall. These things take time with obedience. Mm -hmm. Um, I just focus on developing a dog that's really stable in your house, really listening to the owner and able to be guided.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And patience is key, you know, that's, that's, that's our big thing here. You know, that's, that's what I tell the owners all the time It's just, you have to be patient with it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, if you have the patience to keep working, then the dog will too, yeah. you know. Um, and it's just it's just a matter of time to do it. So um, trying to do these do's and don'ts, I feel like, are pretty good at least starters. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely, there's, like you were there's saying, a there's lot. a million different things that you can do and mm-hmm. don't, like shouldn't do um, when you're getting the new dog and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I think these are like, the big ones, you know, that I think a lot of people kind of go back and forth on, yeah. um, or like easily make mistakes on and stuff.
0: But yeah, and so it's allowing the dog when you're when you're taking a dog home for the first time, it's allowing that transitional time for your dog to adapt into your house mm-hmm. and not starting off on the wrong foot. So even if the, for the first two weeks your puppy slept in bed with you, your dog slept in bed with you, it's never too late to start introducing rules and boundaries in the house. Yep. Um, we said, like, ultimately, you want to give your dog a loving, happy life. But we need to start thinking about boundaries. Yep. So another thing that I comes to mind is, like, uh, just a little bit of a limited furniture access. Mm-hmm. If I immediately let a dog come in, start jumping all over my furniture, my bed, my couch, what's going to think? That it's their That's furniture. It. Yep. So reducing how often they're allowed on and in, into our space and having me delegate to them, like, all right, you can come cuddle with me now. Right. But you when don't get to. It's on your terms. Yeah, fine. right. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of like dogs just getting on the couch and then resource guarding it or yep. tearing the couch apart, scratching it. And people are like, "What, what do I do?" And I'm like, "Well, t- mm. tell them no. Take them off the couch." Right.
1: Right. They have the bed stay for a reason mm-hmm. or whatever, or or just or just get them off again. If you're not doing the training or something, just just don't let them on. Yeah. You know, if it's something they get on, just get them off. Right. Yeah. It's, I think I think furniture access is a big thing that a lot of, a lot of, I feel like even couples kind of debate on, Yeah. You know, there's always the one person that wants yes, to let yeah. them up on the bed or up on the couch and then the other one that, that doesn't or whatever. Um, but again, I think it, I think it comes to, you know, for me, I like having that boundary set so that when I'm at home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can, I can kind of allow it here and there or whatever because I don't mind it. But if guests are ever coming over that's yeah, kind of like the hard right rolled. I want to be able to tell Sully that mm-hmm. we're, we're not allowed on the couch you have to go on your bed you yeah know? Um, So again that way he's not jumping up rolling mm-hmm. over people and stuff like that because sure. he also sheds a lot too so yeah yeah furniture access is a big one And
0: yeah in the beginning like we're gonna have to try to remain consistent about keeping our dog off the furniture as mm-hmm. they're adjusting so I'd recommend like no furniture access. And then if people are really inclined and they're like, I really want to snuggle with my dog on the couch, do an invite-only policy. So patting the couch and telling them, okay, and then they can jump up Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like you said, my hard rule is trying to keep my dogs off the sofa when I have visitors over, which can be difficult, especially if they've had constant access to the sofa Mm -hmm. and you're suddenly telling them like, no, get, you can't the, do get it. off. Right, you can't get on. When this
1: really exciting stimulation, yeah, all around and everything too, yeah, it makes it even harder. Mm-hmm.
0: There's just so much when when raising a dog to to think about, and you can take your time and kind of be excited about your new puppy and be excited yeah. about the new dog you're bringing in, but there's no rush to get any of these things done, but it's just definitely something to start to think of as you're incorporating a dog into your household.
1: Right. I think it's a good starting block, you know, to to getting a new dog, whether it is mm. a puppy or an older dog or anything like that, you know, there's, they're always gonna be looking to you at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I do think, you know, what, they're coming into this new place or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and you're always around, so they're going to see if they're the ones that can take control or if you're the one that's going to take yeah. control, Yeah, are right? we going to be the leader and or
0: the follower with exactly. the, in the relationship with our dog?
1: Exactly. So so again, doing these kind of just like simple things, they do kind of overlap in their mm-hmm. own sense as well, I feel like. Um, so it's something that I, you know, again, even those things, there's, there's a million ways to do them, but um, just the things that we mentioned, but... I think it's just something that, like you were saying, have fun with it but don't don't disregard mm-hmm. and just let the dog do whatever it wants because yeah. then you're gonna have a lot bigger problems down the road.
0: You know? It's just like owning a dog, dog ownership is such a journey mm-hmm. and we're not always gonna have perfect lovely rainbows and butterflies times with our dogs, especially If we do start to see some behavioral issues pop out, a lot of people can feel extremely discouraged by that. But again, it's a journey to own a dog, and it can be a wild ride for some. It can be Mm -hmm. super easy for others. It's just dog dependent. Um, But having your dog start to see you as the leader is one of the most essential things that I can try to advise owners to do. Yeah. Again, you're the leader, the dog's the follower, rather than the dog demanding attention, demanding couch access, demanding to come out of the crate, mm-hmm. demanding affection, dictating
1: where to walk, you mm-hmm. know, you know all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is definitely the most important thing for sure.
0: Yeah important to also like i touched in the beginning is enjoy that time like Mm -hmm. you'll never have your dog as a puppy again Mm -hmm. if you're getting a puppy or you'll never have those early interactions right like puppy sully was probably such a magical time (laughs) in your life it
1: was but he was also kind of a menace too you know like (laughs) it was so it's it's kind of the yeah it's give and take for sure and i Mm -hmm. and i miss it but i'm also very happy where he is now because if If I hadn't have done anything about it and he were what he was then, Mm -hmm. you know, behavior-wise and stuff, he would be 10 times, you know, Mm -hmm. like worse or whatever, you know, because he's bigger, stronger, you know, with his mouthing and stuff like that. But as he grew up, again, like you're saying, took that initiative to kind of let him know, you know, the consequences and the rules and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, So he's much better now. But
0: yeah. yes. it's And it's nice to even see like one of our employees, Jada, she mm-hmm. has Ralphie mm-hmm. and she got that puppy and immediately was incorporated in a group of dog trainers, and she did a lot of her own research, and she has raised that dog just like- took full
1: advantage of the opportunity. Freaking beautifully. And he's
0: 10 months old, and (laughs) look what he's capable of. Uh His relationship with her is stronger. He listens to her with a 10 month old puppy. Uh, So I'm very inspired by looking at their relationship together and how Mm -hmm. well Jada has. Done with Ralphie. It goes to show, you. Like yep. just raise them, um, help them through their hurdles, and you're gonna have a much stronger dog in the end. Yep.
1: If you have clear set rules with it, you know, and that's and that's what she's done too. You, and you can see the the trust between them yeah. too, and everything. And this is something I always tell, like also tell like the clients and stuff is that you know with that trust and that respect mm. comes a lot more freedom. Yeah. You know, and so you can kind of see that in their relationship that. That Ralphie's able to kind of do Mm -hmm. a little bit more than most ten-month-old puppies are able to do. You know, Mm yeah. We set
0: the rules now. We do the hard work now. Yep. Then we're setting it up for a more easy, balanced life, Mm -hmm. rather than like at ten months old being like, I have to start dealing with jumping and couch access and chewing things.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's it's much easier to curve those behaviors later in life. Mm -hmm. You know, if you start seeing. You know, when the people, like people come in here with uh, puppies and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easier to do that. So, um, you know, growing up, as they see these new behaviors coming Mm -hmm. in, you're able to kind of curb that a little bit.
0: And even if you hadn't gotten the opportunity or the access to information in the beginning of your dog's life or journey with you, it's never too late to start looking at it and kind of say let's do a boot camp, let's reboot my relationship with my dog. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. It's never too late to implement your crate or your rules. It might be a little bit of a struggle, but it yes. is certainly possible to mm-hmm. start to have a really great relationship
1: with your dog
0: yeah. no matter And do the your age.
1: research, you know, like yeah. find out things that work best for you and your situation and your lifestyle and all that stuff, you know. Um, and and yeah just try to work with the dog instead of trying mm-hmm. to constantly you know force things or whatever again take your time with mm-hmm. it um and that goes with everything but um but especially like the crate and stuff you know mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. your time, having your patience that's that's really gonna be the big thing mm-hmm. I know for me I think
0: yeah it's At the end of the day, like we're all such dog lovers and I think we would just like sell our souls for our dogs.
1: (laughs) Yes. So
0: us having a more strict relationship isn't a lack of love. It is just a lack of us or a way for us to really set the boundaries early on Mm -hmm. and then have this amazing relationship with the dogs where they can be off leash and be sniffing. And absolutely. Your goals are achievable with your dog. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. Exactly, the do's and don'ts.
0: Part one.